Well, I didn't expect that at all, John. You know what? I didn't either. Uh, that was <laughs> that was real frustrating. I mean, Florida State controlled that game, right? All the way up until near the end of the third quarter, and then everything just went off the rails. Uh, so it was equally good, equally bad. Lots of reliable players made mistakes you wouldn't think that they'd make. Uh, there's a lot to criticize Adam Fuller and this defensive game plan for. Uh, but, you know, a win's a win, right? You walk away, it counts just as much as if you've blown them out by 50, and you move on. Yeah, I uh, I kind of just made this joke about the Cardinals earlier blowing their, their game to the Giants. And I was like, it feels like in every um tank season there's that one inexplicable win the cardinals decided that they weren't going to take that one today but i felt like this was florida state's like potential acc championship season that has the one game that was like well you just kind of gave that one away and they just didn't give it away yeah i mean you come out with the win it's always a good saturday some other teams can't say that right i think the number 11 and number 15 teams lost a lot of other top five or top 10 teams looked poor on saturday so uh you know, overall, you're always happy with a win, but there's, again, three weeks, uh, lots of things we can point to that we will in order that, you know, they need to clean up before the big showdown with Clemson. Yeah, I don't think they looked anywhere near impressive. Ben, I'll go to you next, man. Everyone kind of looked bad, but um, it felt like Florida State kind of had it, like John said. It, it felt over and then very quickly wasn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I definitely... I wouldn't say I 100% agree with what you guys are saying. I, I definitely mostly agree, but I do think Boston College did a really good job of coming in with the right type of game plan that 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 type of team would want to come to FSU with. So, you know, they they controlled the ball. They, um, you know, they tried to keep FSU's offense off the field and they just kept their drives moving. Um, I mean, ultimately, you guys are right, though. FSU did control this game in a way. I think they... You know, there were multiple opportunities that FSU had to put away this game that they just didn't. Um, and then eventually they do. Um, so, you know, I think in some ways you're like, hey, you know what? Take care of business. Move on to the next one. Um, but as I'm sure we'll get into this podcast, there's definitely a few concerning things that uh, came up throughout this game. Of course, Adam Fuller kind of notably. But I, I think that's something we already kind of knew about. It just... We've always been, it's like, when is that going to rear its ugly head? Well, that, that happened against Boston College. Um, you know, I, I I do have some concerns about FSU moving forward, defending mobile quarterbacks, uh, dealing uh, with motion. It seems like those two areas, you know, when when it doesn't, it doesn't really seem to matter the talent that the other team has. It seems like those two areas really um, screw up FSU, but uh Hey, you gotta you gotta be happy to walk away with a win. Um, and you know what, Boston College made this game a lot more entertaining than it should have been. Yeah, thirty-one twenty-nine is the final. I'll go ahead and I guess start it up from the top. Uh, Seminole wrap Brian, Ben, and John here as always. Um, I felt like from the very beginning, this was one of those you know Boston College in an emotional game, the the red bandana game coming out and just kind of starting hot, which was fine. Um. Florida State didn't look particularly great in their first couple of drives, but really caught a groove, and it just felt like, okay, that was how this game was going to go. It's just like, okay, they started hot, so be it. Um, but, like, Ben, to your point, you you even kind of said, like, yeah, there are things to be concerned about, and I think one of them, kind of almost the opposite, you said, like, well, they were able to close it out. Well, really, they didn't close out a damn thing. Boston College closed themselves out. Yeah, you know what? That's a really great point, Brian, because I think the thing we've been looking for with this FSU team is their ability to put the their foot on the gas pedal and, and really, you know. It was what we were most out. thrilled about week one. Exactly. You know, I think we walked away from week one. That was, you know, I mean, there were all the positives of week one. But the biggest thing for us was, hey, this team put away LSU. Um, I mean, yeah, that's a fantastic point by you. They did not put away Boston College. Um, so I think, you know, when I was talking about controlling the game earlier, that's that's kind of what I was referring to. You know, I mean, ultimately, FSU wins the game, but uh, there's so many moments that, you know, I, I think if you're a fan, you kind of walk away from this game hoping, hey, they got this out of the way. You know, hopefully this doesn't happen again moving forward. But I mean, uh, Lawrence Toa Philly, you know, bad fumble at a really crucial moment in the game. Um, I thought, to be honest, I was surprised they went back to him later in the game. Um, I think it was the next drive or two drives later, they kept going back to him to close out the game. I thought Rodney Hill 
was playing a lot better than he was and, and was just showing some flashes and, and deserved more chances, especially after that fumble. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a weird game to walk away from, but you know, ultimately you get the win. Um, one thing I do want to say real quick though, Brian is, is I gave, I want to give an apology to Johnny Wilson. I gave him a lot of crap last week and I think he deserved it last week. Um, but he stepped up big this week. He made the easy catches that he needed to make. He he was a big part of the reason that this team won on Saturday. I, I think Jaheim Bell, that's someone I'm going to want to talk about later as well. Uh, you just see how much the red zone offense has improved through adding guys like Bell, uh, Keon Coleman, of course, who didn't um, he didn't have a single catch in this game. Wow. Um, yeah, so kind of a weird game in some ways, but uh, it's good to see that you can still rely on some of those playmakers that they've brought in through the portal the last few years. John, I know you said beforehand you have lots of thoughts, so I would like to cede the floor to you first to choose which of the many thoughts should be the one we talk about first. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought Ben had some great points. I do want to say that. Well, okay, so one thing I did disagree with, I thought that, okay, I agree with Ben that Boston College's game plan coming out was phenomenal. And I again... There's a lot to criticize that Adam Folder, his just absolute refusal to, or somewhat refusal to account for mobile quarterbacks. But Boston College's game plan out of the gate was was great, right? Florida State, I disagree with the uh, idea that they struggled out of their, their defense maybe a little bit, but not the offense, right? I think the issue was that Florida State only had one possession in the entire first quarter. Right. And I think that was a big part of it is you can't score if you don't get the ball. And they had kept the ball for almost, you know, the entire, I think the next time Florida State got the ball was right at the beginning of the second. But, uh, you know, up until right before halftime, they had scored on all of their drives or very much close to it. So, but it, it, again, I, I thought give credit to Boston College and, and Castellanos. I thought he played extremely, extremely well. Um, but, it's fine because I thought that the offense was fine all the way through to the end of the third quarter and the and the fourth quarter, right? But the defense, the defense was bad, like flat out bad the whole time. And when I say they're flat out bad, they weren't bad on first and second downs, but they were atrocious on third down. It was every third and long. And I, I want to read off real quick just some of the the plays that they gave up, right? A second and 13, they had a pass for 35 yards. Uh, Boston College, second and 16, a 32-yard touchdown pass. Third and 17, a 50-yard pass. Third and 20, uh, a 28-yard pass, right? Third and eight, a 29-yard quarterback run. Third and 15, a 14-yard uh, conversion. And then they, I think they went for a fourth down. I think Boston College overall was something like three or four or four or five on fourth down. Uh, so there's more, right? Third and 14, a 45-yard quarterback run. Third and 10 a run for 13 yards and a first down. It just over and over and over. This defense could knock it off the field. And if half of those, you don't give those up, you blow out Boston College. So I thought the defense was terrible. Um, again, I, you know, it's a real concern going forward. Not that I think Kate Klubnick next week against Clemson can really hurt you that much, but I do think, say, Riley Leonard at Duke can hurt you. Shout out to Ben. And so, you know, some of the other quarterbacks right on the roster can hurt you. So that's a legitimate concern. Um, I I was really disappointed by them. It's like the defense just didn't show up on third down all day. And again, the offense was fine until they started, you know, making uncharacteristic mistakes. So those are my two big issues with, with the game. Well, I'll take away the third down defense first because you held them to 19 third downs, which like in itself is great. You're winning on first and second. Like they are playing on third down. That's, that's great. You gave up eight of them, which is 42%. And then even when you did kind of hold them, they went for it five times and got four of them. So, I mean, overall, if you put those together, 12 of 24 on third and fourth down, they're 50% rate. I mean, you're not going to win that way against anyone. I understand the the, the difference in the mobile quarterback, and, and Castellanos played a great game. He was really um, shifty, uh, tough to tackle as it was, but... Yeah, I mean, this is a big concern. You were winning first and second down a lot. And in third and long, when you had opportunities to really pin your ears back and have Jared Versco get a guy or have um, the DBs come downhill and make a play on the ball, it was just like, it felt like some guy who was standing wide open right in the middle of the field. He'd catch it, turn around. There wasn't a defender within 10 yards. He could just run forever. 
and then it was just like almost like a kickoff return frenzy out there. Ben, did you see anything different out of the third and long, or, or what do you think they could do to fix it? Oof. Um, I mean, I think you bring up an excellent point that we, I mean, just why, why was, why weren't they blitzing more on third down in, in the situations they had created from first and second down? I, I think you guys made excellent points that they, they really put Boston college in bad third down situations. Right. And, and I think, you know, even looking at this number um, the third down conversions, fourth down conversions, um, even it being 50%, you know, given how many bad situations they were in, it, 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 it kind of, it just shows, you know, I don't know. I, I think FSU just did a, a very poor job of 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 being decisive on third down on defense, accounting for extra players. You know, there are just I mean, you mentioned it, Brian. There are so many players that are just wide open in the middle of the field on broken plays, seemingly. Um, and, and and to me, you know. For, for Adam Fuller moving forward, you either got to start blitzing more or be one of the most disciplined teams on third down. And they did neither of those things against Boston College. They weren't disciplined and they didn't blitz and try and, you know, throw Castellanos off his rhythm. Um, but I think you also have to give a lot of credit to Castellanos. I mean, he was just making some excellent plays. I mean, Adam Fuller deserves, I, I think, what John is about to give him. But I, I, I also think we should give Castellano some credit um, and Boston college, like, like, like John mentioned, I mean, I think they came out with the right game plan. I'm actually looking at time of possession by quarter right now, and they won time of possession in each of the first three quarters against FSU. So, so to me, I think they had the right mix of ingredients to potentially pull off the upset. And they really did take advantage of Adam Fuller's, you know, hole, it seems like on defense, which is third down. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to hear what John, you know, wants to say about the third downs moving forward and, and how they can fix that. Um, but I think, you know, you guys made some excellent points that given the situations they put them in, it's just unacceptable to, to have that rate on third down and have that many broken plays and allow Castellanos to keep winning in the same ways he was winning from the beginning of the game. Um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, it looks like a lot of the coverage that FSU is playing. I haven't really gotten a chance to rewatch the game. I think a lot of it early, they play a lot of uh, man or maybe man match, something like that, or cover two man, some some version of that, right? And uh, they, I don't know, it's tough because I thought the safety play wasn't very good. I thought the corner play wasn't good. I thought the linebackers were very poor in coverage against Boston College. Do you but think they, Dan had a lot to do with that? He might have, but I mean... I mean, they play Renardo Green more as as like a corner, right? So it's really Shaheen Brown and and Kevin Knowles at safety, and they were okay, you know, against Southern Miss, but against Boston College, they really struggled. I thought. I, I think FSU tries to play a lot of that, you know, cover two kind of sort of man match stuff, right? But it's it typically a middle of the field open defense, right, where you got the two safeties instead of a single high safety where that's middle of the field closed, and. Boston College repeatedly attacked them, that kind of middle of the field over and over and over again. And, and then, like Ben had, had pointed out, every time Castellanos wanted to run, I don't I don't know if we used Bethune to spy him and he just didn't do a good job or we just weren't – it looked like some places we just weren't spying him at all. And I just – I mean, you know that's how Florida State's playing man because there's just, you know, dozens of yards of empty field for, for Castellanos to run through. So – Again, credit to Boston College, their game plan, all the other stuff. It's just very, very frustrating, and it could potentially cost Florida State a game down the road. I just, I don't understand. I don't know if you didn't prep for Clem, uh, for Boston College that much, and you spent most of your week on Clemson. I, I honestly have no idea. It's kind of baffling, uh, and it's it very, definitely very, very frustrating. I, I don't know if the defense just didn't take Boston College seriously, didn't show up, whatever the case is. Um, and and there's plenty of other you know criticisms for us to get to, but. The defense was a big one. I think I put most of the game on them, even with the offensive struggles uh, with the last 18 minutes of the game. Well, that's interesting because yeah. I, I was concerned. Go ahead, Ben. You got something? I was just going to say one area I wanted to include to tackling. This team was just terrible tackling in open space. They had multiple opportunities where they could get Castellanos down or make a play. Um, and they they just didn't in open space. Their their tackling was so poor. So I thought that was a big reason, you know, why they they really struggled with all that too. Um, and you know, one person I, I hate to say it like this, but Jared versus got show up. 
I, I, I have not seen him show up enough this season so far. And to me, if he wants to be that sort of top 10 defensive end that everyone keeps you know, saying he's going to be, keeps speaking it into existence. The reason those kind of guys go top 10 is because they make big plays when their team needs it. And I just haven't seen Jared Verse do that this year. I mean, I, I think he's been very good against the run. Yeah. But I agree with you that the pass rush. Uh, see, the thing, I think Braden Fisk has been great. I think Farmer has been really good. So we were talking about that at the Tomahawk Nation Slack. A lot of us think that that maybe Fisk has been the best offensive player this season, which is a little surprising, right? Transfer from Western Michigan, but he's been absolutely outstanding. I, I think Versa has been very, very good against the run. But yeah, the sacks haven't been there. I don't know. I haven't really paid as much attention to see, you know, exactly if they're using floor six, using him a little bit differently or something like that, or if teams are just throwing much quicker, right? So they don't give Versa a chance to impact the play in, in the past game. But, you know, especially when Boston College is in so many third and longs, that's when you think he'd rack up these sacks. And it, we just didn't see it. I don't know if maybe versus some people, you know, kind of wondered if, if he's a little bit too heavy, right? He put on some weight from last season. He's still explosive at that size, but maybe – not not quite the same as what he was last year. So uh, who knows? It could just be bad luck, right? Some guys play extremely high level and the sacks just don't come for whatever reason. And then over time, you know, the sample size gets larger. They just end up coming. They start to come. So we'll have to see. I don't I don't I don't disagree with you, Ben. I, I, I would like to see more of them, you know, in the pass rush department. Um, but I did want to point out he has played. I mean, against the run, this defense is great. Okay. I just I don't understand what their issue is on on third or passing downs. Yeah, and I think that's where, you know, it's not even so much the sacks for me as it as it is last year. Jared Verse was extremely disruptive. I mean, he got sacks too, but he was just extremely disruptive against offensive lines, running backs. I mean, you know, of course, like you said, I think he is playing the run excellent, but you know, for what he's being talked about as, I just think you need to be more of a closer in, in those big game situations. And I just don't know if I've seen that quite yet from him. Now we could see that from him. And you know what? It's only been three games so far. And like you said, some of this is just luck. But um, I, I do think there were just opportunities they had on those third and long situations where the pass rush didn't take advantage. And, you know, versus the first guy you look at. Um, but I did think Pat Payton performed pretty well. But still, mm -hmm. you know, first has to show up in these bigger games as we get further along in the season against Clemson, against Duke. You you talked about dealing with Riley Leonard earlier, how that's going to be difficult for Florida State because they, they struggle with mobile quarterbacks. Well, Jared Verse can make some of those game, you know, game-breaking plays that that really end drives, that's the type of thing that I'm talking about that I just haven't seen so far. And, and he could bring that along, but, you know, I think we've got to see it. I agree with that. And last thing before we move on is I want to agree with you on Patrick Payton. Uh, he's come – I mean, the pass rush ability is always there, but his, his uh, ability this year, how he's played as a run – defender edge defender has been a, a much much better he he's developed in a way that, that's really exciting for his future i will say in rewatching the lsu game in, in versus defense on, on that one in particular lsu in the whole second half basically just had to commit a second person to him whether it was a running back chipping every play a, a tight end um so they had to com commit more that way i haven't like you said i, I haven't rewatched boston college and i definitely didn't rewatch southern miss so um i i don't i don't know if that how much that has to do with it but the other area of concern, and I, and I almost grabbed this from you before if I let you guys keep going on it, but, um, man, if I could put one flag on the thing that concerns me the most was the running game. Um, they had nothing, um, really, the whole game. I mean, your best runner is Rodney Hill at 5 for 42. Um, Benson was 12 for 38. Travis was 4 for 38. Toa was 7 for 24. Um I mean, you just even you gave Coleman a carry one for two. I mean, you you tried a bunch of different things and you just had nothing. I mean, you couldn't run the ball at all. And I know a lot of the criticism always comes back to Travis because we're in football and it always falls on the quarterback. Fifteen for twenty four for two twelve and two touchdowns, no picks isn't a bad line, especially for a guy who who kind of popped his shoulder there. But um, I felt like this was a game that Florida State was going to be able to just line up and run the ball over and over again. And when we were originally talking last week about this game potentially being in a tropical storm I or, or potentially even a hurricane, I was way more confident in Florida State's ability to just line up and hand the ball off and pound it away than I was in Boston Colleges on this team. And uh, it was not very good. Um, I don't think you know Boston College was exceptional in run game, but 
Um, you you probably should have been running it a lot better than they were. You were down two linemen, so there's that. Um, but I was really disappointed in this run game's ability, especially late, to just put it away. You know, they had the ball. You need 10 yards to ice the game, and um, Toa Fili runs out of bounds, and obviously the clock kept running because it was before two minutes. But still, like, you know, there were a lot of things where I was like, I expected a lot more out of this rushing attack. Yeah, that's I agree with you. I actually have two concerns on on offense, but that's the big one. Um, I, I bet Ben is going to agree with, with me here. Is you know, last season we, they were Norvell's offense is going to get stuffed, right? They just that's how their running game works. They get stuffed, but then he pops a big one. And the ones that where they are efficient in running the ball tend to be the explosive ones. So it's like you know, stuff, stuff, stuff. Thirty yard run, you know, five yard run, stuff. And then a 60-yard touchdown, right? That's typically how they kind of go. And we have not seen any of the explosive plays out of the running game this year. Very, very disappointing where you return Benson. You return all of your offensive linemen, including a much better, deeper. You have depth now, like functional, actually good depth that you can play. And these guys, you know, and I know a couple starters have been out and all this other stuff, but that has, I agree with you, Brian, that has not been there this season. That's a major, major concern. Um, and, and to, I mean, to the credit of the talent, on the receivers and Travis and stuff, they've actually been very good pass blocking. I've been very happy with their pass blocking, you know, receivers running wide open. We'll get to that kind of concern in a minute, but receivers running wide open everywhere. And yet, so they haven't needed the running game like they did last year. And yet it's just not there. And I I don't understand, you know, he's, it's not that they're doing anything differently. I don't know if defense is just more prepared or FSU is just weaker at the point of attack than, than they were before. Uh, you, you even have better, tight ends right morlock is a great blocker you got bell who's who's um blocking has been kind of up and down but when he's on it's really good and then you have marquise and douglas right so i don't understand what the issue is um fsu is running a lot of 12 personnel right one running back two tight ends on the field their running game should be better than this and i know they had to kind of switch that blocking scheme to 12 personnel in the lsu game and it worked at the end of the game but they've used it in a lot of these you know against southern miss at boston college now and it's not doing anything and yeah they might get a six yard run seven yard run but they're not popping those you know 20 25 30 yard runs anymore so um i i'm curious what ben has to say here too i that's a big big concern of mine if they lose to clemson that that would be a big reason why before i hand to ben the ball the uh the long runs per back here rodney hill had an 18 uh and jordan travis had a 17 but benson's long was seven to a long was seven um you know that you're looking at single digits long runs from your top two backs and now I hand it to right. Ben. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the the concerning part, and, and I mean, John made a really excellent point with this about them operating out of 12 personnel. You know, that's what was so exciting about them bringing in the tight ends they did, the offensive line they did, is that this team was already winning in so many ways in the run game last year in a variety of ways. I mean, counter was their bread and butter, of course, but they, they won it in a lot of ways in the running game. And then you seemingly upgrade your offensive line. You upgrade your tight ends. You, you do lose Treshawn Ward, who, in my opinion, is a bigger loss than, than people realize. But still, you have a very talented running back room and a, and a quarterback who can really threaten defenses. So, it, you know, I, I think, John, you made some really good points about just from an efficiency standpoint. The reason they were winning last year a lot is because they pop off those big runs. They break a tackle. They get into open space. They would make plays happen. You know, they were the most explosive offense in the country for a reason. It was because they're so good in, in getting those plays beyond just the four or five yard gains. Um, but now this year, they they're struggling to even get those four or five, six yard gains to set up their the rest of their offense for the rest of the series. Um, you know, I do think one thing I did see towards the end of the game, which I think they used against um, Southern Miss as well, is they started using pony personnel, which is 21 personnel, where they had two backs in the backfield on in shotgun on either side, Jordan Travis. They were more successful towards the end of the game using um, that personnel um, against Boston College, and it worked against Southern Miss too. So I I'm going to be curious to see just how much they use that against Clemson um, and when they use it in the game, because I think against both Southern Miss and Boston College, they essentially waited until around the third or fourth quarter when the running game just wasn't working to, to lean on that. Um, and I think they'll use Jaheim Bell in a variety of ways in the backfield more. I, I do think there are fixes for this and that they can make their running game a lot more efficient, but then, you know, it, it 
you know, just to go back to the point about them just operating with two tight ends in that offensive line, it is really concerning that they are just not successful running the ball like that because they were just so successful running the ball that way already last year and they upgraded. So it just doesn't really make sense. Um, But like I said, I do think they have answers to this. I think the running game is going to evolve a lot more, um, especially based off the different personnel looks we're going to get. But, you know, still the fact that they just can't win the way they won last year in the running game, that to me is very concerning. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, Boston College is some top tier run defense. I mean, you know, week one, they lose to Northern Illinois. They held them to 48 carries for 166. Um, So they were fine then. But I mean, just last week, Holy Cross had two guys rush for over 100 yards, which is why I'm sitting here saying I I thought this would be something that's a clear weakness. I mean, Holy Cross only threw the ball 15 times. You know, I, I'm figuring if you're Florida State, you come into this game and you can just lean on them. And and I hate that we're having to sit here and talk um, after the the Boston College game about like the creative schematic ways they need to mess with their personnel to have a mediocre run game. I kind of expect them to just lean on them. And, and maybe that was a spot where I gave them too much credit coming into the year. I, I don't know. Well, and see, and that's what's so frustrating, right? You're returning all your offensive linemen and and and, and Bell. You maybe even your running back stable is better, right? With Hill and Kazaya Holmes and and some other guys. So you know, Toll Feely's still there is that kind of Swiss Army guy. I it's just been very very frustrating. And a couple of numbers I want to bring up, right? That kind of lead us in, into the passing game is against LSU. Their expected points added per dropback was 98th percentile in the country that week, and they're. EPA per rush was 36th percentile. And then against Boston College, again, EPA per dropback, Jordan Travis, 95th percentile in the country that week. And EPA per rush was 49th, right around average in the country. So I I thought going into this year, you would keep kind of that explosive running game, but have a much better passing game on top of it. And it would give FSU one of the best offenses in the country. I would argue that FSU still has one of the best offenses in the country. It just has almost no semblance of the running game that we saw last year. And again, credit to the talented receiver and Jordan Travis and, and the pass protection. It's all been, you know, his ability to, to extend the play. It's all been elite. Very, very good. Um, you haven't needed the running game, but I, I worry about a team. What if you run into a team who can take a lot of that passing stuff away? What do you have left at that point? Right. The more multiple you can be, the, the harder you are to stop. And I worry about FSU being a little bit too one-dimensional. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, when we were trying to project losses in the preseason, what we were talking about, what elements could create a loss for FSU for this very talented team? I, I think, you know, looking forward, what if they do have a, a few more injuries to the wide receiver position? Because they've been pretty clean at that position so far. If you lose Keon or Johnny or Jaheim uh, for a game or your offensive line starts getting even worse, even though they've been excellent so far, like you said, John, but, you know, I, I think to me, that would be the really concerning thing for the passing game moving forward is, you know, Johnny has missed games before. Um, so, you know, if you're missing a few of those guys here and there and your running game is still not figured out, I, I think, you know, when we saw FSU's offense stall last year, I think it could look like that, you know, it, given those circumstances. So that to me would be the really concerning thing moving forward. Yeah, the thing that we've all really hung our hat on was they were going to be able to run the ball. And if they have Jordan Travis evolve and they give him the extra weapons of a Keon who can make catches and move the chains every game, the steady, consistent guy, and you have a Jaheim Bell who's an extra weapon as a tight end who could take a carry or can run routes like a receiver who is impossible to kind of match up with. He's he's a very tough matchup because he can do anything for you. You get all those weapons – well, Jaheim Bell had a game. Johnny Wilson was four for 105. I don't like you said earlier, Ben. There's still key on here. Um, so even then, there are some like where do things go? Almost like even the things that I felt like okay, that's something I feel confident in. They you know game one Keon, he's winning in slants. He's winning deep. He's winning in all these ways. Um, I didn't really like that Boston College was able to force him into a zero. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I mean they, sorry, they, yeah, I, 
I don't know if they took Keon out of the game. I know they try, like you mentioned earlier, Brian, they try to get him on a kind of a sweep just to get him the ball. Thought they could have done a little bit better job of maybe designing something for him very easy, whether it's a slant or something. Um, even on the one that played the Toa Feely, uh fumbled the football backwards, by the way. Yeah. You know, Ke- the Keon was there. Yeah. Uh, Keon was there. He wasn't open. I mean, the play was designed to go to Feely, but you know, Keon's been a part of the play. And I, I want to say, too, the wide receivers have done a very good job run blocking. It's not like there's been a huge, you know, drop off from last season. Is like that's what you could point to to say, oh, you know, that that's why, uh, you know, something like that. That's it's not been the case. So I just, it's been very, very frustrating. I, I know a couple of the offensive line starters have been out, right? Um, but I just, <laughs> There's depth there. Keandre Jones has played right. Jalen, uh, I think early right has played some at the offensive line. They just I, they got to get it fixed. I don't know. Do you think the solution is just throw it more? Is that is that an easy answer? I don't think it is. Right. Mike Norvell has always kind of molded his offensive identity around the talent that he had. And again, well, I'm, I'm, you know, one year it's it's he'll run the Wildcat with Darrell Henderson five hundred times. Right. And you still score a bunch of points. And then the very next season, you get a quarterback, Darrell Henderson's off the NFL, and you throw it, you know, the majority of the time. So, which is pretty great, right? For a coach to be as committed as he is to do that, you could just throw it all the time. I, I don't know that anyone can really stop you except for what we're about to talk about. But, um, <sighs> yeah, they could do a better job kind of spreading the ball around and, and, and doing the open guy. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, they're so good at passing the ball, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I think the one thing with the passing game is that there's just so much more variance in it, right? It, it's not as reliable as the as a successful running game might be. So I, I think to me, that's the thing where, you know, the, the running game was the easy button for this team last year. The, the passing game was where they struggled. I mean, they they had their great moments in the passing game, but but they could always go back to the run game and put teams away with that. You know, I I, I think they can put teams away with the passing game this year, but you know, there's just a lot more, I hate to say luck involved with the passing game because that's, that's not right. The right way to phrase it, but there's a lot more up and downs with the passing game than there is going to be the running game. So I think moving forward, you know, relying on that, that's, you know, a little concerning while your running game is what it is. And we had talked about before the season, right? Okay. Well, how, how are defenders, how do you defend FSU, right? Do you, do you walk like another safety into the box right to stop the run game or do you keep them you know back out for for the pass game and what i've seen again i got to rewatch the Boston college game but what i've seen so far is it seems to be i mean teams are not loading up the box to stop FSU's running game so you would think that those big explosive plays would be there and they just haven't been there right i, I like what brian had said you might get 17 yards 15 and then 7 8 or something like that 5 yards 5 yards 7 but you're not popping off the big 20 30 50 yard runs and it's not because offenses, that's not why the pass is being successful. They're they're not walking an extra defender in the box. They're they're basically kind of leaning towards the pass as far as defenses go. And yet FSU still can't, is not being successful to the, what we expect for them in running the ball. So I, I don't know what the solution is other than I don't know if you challenge these guys. I don't know if you try to, you know. And here's another thing leading into the Clemson game we get into a little bit later is I – I do think they've been a little vanilla in the in the blocking schemes and things. I know they changed it a little bit with that split backer pony that we talked about, but um, they may be a lot more multiple against Clemson. It could be that they've been saving some of it. But well, what I'm really know. interested in is is how much this fan base, this team, can take last week, flush it, and move on. Because, like you said, you do have Clemson this week. You're at Clemson. It's the game that we all. Not even just the three of us, but everyone on the staff at Tomahawk Nation preseason, I believe, said this was the biggest game on your schedule, and I don't think there's really much argument to it. Uh, we've been talking about it for months. It's L- uh, FSU at Clemson. I almost said Clemson at, L- at Clemson. Um, you're currently, I don't know what the line is, but Bill Connolly's ESPN, or S- for ESPN, his SP Plus has them as a three-point underdog. What do you got, Ben? Uh, I have DraftKings up right now. Okay, which the number official official partner with Tom Hawk Nation. Oh, well, hello, that, hello, um, our friends at DraftKings. Uh, Florida State is a one and a half point favorite at Clemson. Okay, so one and a half point favorite per the betting lines. You've got 
the SP plus, which John, I'll let you have the floor since you're typically more into that kind of number and Bill Connolly's world of things to kind of, it's more just kind of a advanced metric looking offensive defensive wise, right? Yeah. It's, he tried to use that as a, like a going forward predictive kind of uh, uh, tool, I guess it's not. Uh, it, and it does look at some of those main factors, right? Turnovers, explosive rates, success rate, uh, down to down, those kinds of things. Ben, you nodded, so I know you're. I know you're. I know I sold you as our as our stat nerd. So I should actually let you have the floor as well. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, as you guys were talking about that, I, I think this game is gonna be won and lost in a few areas: the line of scrimmage and turnovers. Um, you know, I, I think uh, the the turnover thing specifically. We've seen Clemson be sloppy this year, but we've also seen them be, being able to to move the ball, do some things really well. So I think if you can force Clemson into some some mistakes, create some opportunities for your offense that way. Um, that's how I think FSU can really, you know, put them down and, and put their foot on the gas pedal. Um, so that's just what I was thinking while we were talking about that. Line of scrimmage, turnovers. I mean, that's most games, but I think particularly for Clemson, whoever wins the turnover battle this game is going to be the winner. It certainly feels like it's going to be a slugfest to, to line up the, the rest of Bill Connolly's numbers here. And again, shout out to him. Thanks for all the great work putting it out there. Uh, his thing is projected 2.6 point margin in Clemson's favor at a 56% win probability. I'm assuming a lot of that probably has to do with being at home. Leads me to believe these are probably in, in the basic metrics um, about the same kind of the general. I think Clemson was one spot ahead of FSU after this week's games because FSU fell a little bit um, and it likes the under by like a half a point. So I mean, you're looking at a game probably around in the mid twenties. You're not looking at a high scoring game. That's not just what that's not what Clemson is. That just this week they played FAU, um, 200 yards pass, 150 rushing. Uh, nothing really that says look out. They really dominated FAU. They would one on the pat on the defensive side. They had ten tackles for loss. Um, it just feels like Clemson still is what we saw week one. Maybe just not as bad offense. I don't know. They had a lot of bad luck. They moved the ball and couldn't score. But John, I feel like this team is everything you just said you were afraid Florida State could run into. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit, I mean, I'll admit I'm a little less confident than I was before the Boston College game. Uh, but that's hard to square too, because again, they were up 31 to 10 on Boston College. The game was over. Yeah, They just couldn't close it out. So, But isn't that back I, to what we said before preseason was the fear? Was the offense disappearing? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's why I'm, I have some, I think it'll be close right before uh, after LSU and, and what they did against Southern Miss, I would have said that they blow Clemson out. Now I don't think that's the case, uh, but it has nothing to do with Clemson looking good for the last six quarters against FAU and Charleston Southern. That means nothing to me. Uh, you know, Cade Klubnick still threw a pick six against Charleston Southern and he, the whole offense just looked exactly like what it did last year in week one against Duke. So, um, you know, my concern is more something like, uh, you know, Clemson doesn't have good receivers, right? That's one of the issues. And, and their offensive uh, scheme is kind of stagnant. It, it puts a lot on the receivers. They don't have those elite guys anymore, right? Sammy Watkins or DeAndre Hopkins, or they've been long gone, right? Even Justin Ross and some of the other guys they had, they're, they're all long gone. But um, so they don't have anyone that really threatens you. But what scares me is I didn't think Boston College did either. And they got a lot of almost whatever they wanted on third down. Again, FSU did extremely well on first and second down. So I, Again, I, yeah, I think the the concerns we've talked about in this game could be ones that do hurt you against Clemson. I think make it make this game very very scary. Although I will say, as I've said before, I don't think losing to Clemson ruins your season if you're Florida State. I think you have a very good chance of playing them again at the end of the year. You obviously you can't afford any more mistakes after that. But um, and and to tie my other issue with Clemson is is the one concern we didn't really get to talk about real quick uh, over the season is not just the running game on offense, but it's a lot has been made of it. And I first, I kind of blew it off. Now I'm, I'm leaning towards agreeing with it is Jordan Travis and, and the deep shot, right? His ball placement hasn't been very good this season. And he continually tries to take those one-on-one -on -one shots when you got guys open in the uh, underneath, right. Uh, you know, above the linebackers under the safeties and even in the flats. So lots of guys are open and I get it too. You know, if, if, if you got key on one-on-one or Johnny one-on-one, that's not really 50, 50 ball. You're going to throw that every time. But I think the offense has become too reliant on that. And, and and while the offense does look a lot crisper when Johnny catches the ball, it doesn't drop it every every other play. Um, I, I think that is a legitimate concern. I, I think, again, while the offensive and the pass offense has been great, 
you know, Clemson's going to be the best team that you play the rest of the way, right? And while I don't think their defense is at the level that it was when Venables was there, it's kind of come down a little bit. They still have really good players in the secondary. Ones that can challenge Keon and, and Jaheim Bell and Johnny Wilson and some of these other guys that FSU has. So if Travis is looking for that kind of kill shot every play, right? And doesn't just look more to like, what's a successful play? What keeps us on the field, right? And the chain's moving so that we can score. I, you know, you start to, you know, he presses too much and then you can't run the ball while your, you know, secondary does pulls a Boston College. That's where you get into the territory like, okay, you know, this could spiral out on FSU. I felt like this team had a very safe, not going to get blown out in my mind. Um, because I, I felt like, like I said, leading up as we got closer and closer to the LSU game, I was like, you've got the ability to run and pass. You can put up points. You're not going to get stalled out. And then last week in the fourth, you gave your team pretty much nothing. Um, your drive chart was, was non-existent. You, you basically got like a first down in the second half. I ha- am more concerned about this game, but I, I still think this is, that that Florida State is the team we saw week one, um, yeah. But yeah, my my concern level probably went from like a, I don't know, three to a six. Um, I just I don't have any confidence in Clemson, and I feel like if this game was Duke, shout out Ben, I would <laughs> be more concerned. Um, but I'd like to see them go to Clemson and do it, and and, and the easiest thing to say is. It's still right there in front of them. You know, like I said, it felt like they lost last week, but they won. There's nothing taken away. You're 3-0. and You're 1-0 in conference. Keep moving on. Keep pushing forward. Go win this football game, and you're in the driver's seat to go to the ACC championship game. Clemson, in all intents and purposes, is buried. It's yours. You just have to go win this Saturday, regardless of what happened last week. And it's just, are you the team that played week one? Are you the team that played the first 15 and the last 20 minutes against Boston College. Which team are you? One of them is a bona fide top five national championship competitor. The other is the team we've seen for the last two years that may or may not get out of its own way. And that's why I kept being like leading into last week and this other Miss week. I was like, blowout. Mike Norvell's whole thing is climb, keep climbing. Just get a little bit better every day. And I was really surprised by how flat the team was. And there's rumors of whether or not people were sick and and bug going around the locker room and, and sure that could have something to do with it. No one said it that I know confirmed anywhere. So as far as I know, what I saw on the field is what I saw on the field. And they just needed to be better and they just had nothing. And that that's what concerns me. I still think they're a certified top five team because no one else looked really good this weekend. The only thing that did look good was probably LSU, and you beat them. So, um, just you got to get better than what you put on the field last week. You can't have that against Clemson. It's what cost you the Clemson game a year ago. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and I think you know, I think one thing that you know coming into this game, it's it's obviously like we're very concerned coming off Boston College, especially. But I I do think this is a good opportunity for the Florida state defense to gain confidence. Cause I don't think that defense has enough confidence right now. Um, and, and, and I hate to say, you know, like go to confidence is like the main thing, but that defense just did not look confident in their uh, ability after so many third, fourth down situationally, just dropping the ball. Um, so I, I think, you know, Clemson, like, like you mentioned, John, I mean, right. Or, uh, not right, Leonard, Cape Klubnik, he threw a pick six against Charleston Southern. I, I think this defense will have opportunities to make plays. It's just whether or not they take make the most of those opportunities. So, um, yeah, this is a, kind of a weird point in the season, right? Because um, like, like you guys have both mentioned, if Duke was coming up, I'd be a lot more concerned because stylistically they, they'd pre- present um, a much tougher matchup with that kind of mobile quarterback. But I, I do think because of Clemson's offense being stuck in their ways, not evolving, that the Florida State can take advantage of that on on Saturday. Um, and I, I do think they will. Um, so I, I think this defense, you know, I'm predicting that they'll have a fumble sack recovery or a pick or multiple picks or something along those lines. Um, you know, I think those opportunities will be there for them. 
I'm curious who's the guy on this defense. Like, like I think that's kind of what they might be missing. And it's funny you said that, you know, and I, I kind of have said it too, Clemson almost feels like a better matchup than Duke does, but that's just kind of like their offense versus your defense. I feel like almost defensively, I'm more, I'm very concerned with Clemson's defense. If they really do just zero out this run attack, this rushing attack, and don't ever let you get the big one. Um, that's where I think a lot of the concern comes in. And, and I don't know, man, I, I tell you, I told myself yesterday that this is a road game and a uh, hostile environment that is, riding an emotional game against you with a we're going to come out and fight like hell attitude and that's great and they played great and you won move on flush it um but the concerns are legitimate and it's not like you're coming home to play clemson you're going there you just if florida state plays their game i think they win it's just will they play their game yeah, I do think one interesting area, too, is just just seeing, you know, the coaching response, because I do think they have been pretty vanilla in their scheme so far, especially on offense. Um, so so I'd be curious to see in a game like this where we do expect it to be muddy. We expect this to be a hard fought game. Um, you know, if FSU is kind of staring a loss down the barrel and, and going into that second half, you know, what, what are Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins going to bring out to, to change up this offense? We already talked about the split back but um, personnel, but really that's the only wrinkle I've seen so far offensively from this team. So, you know, I, I think to me this is the exact perfect game when, okay, you know, I can understand you, you blow out LSU basically, you dominate them. Those next two games, you know, you can go more vanilla and just, you know, do what you know works. But against Clemson, I, I really want to see Mike Norvell and the offensive staff be creative. Um, defensively, um, I hate to be a downer, but I, I kind of don't expect much of a difference in terms of scheme and doing something different along those lines. But I do think, you know, with Mike Norvell, with the personnel he has this year, you know, multiple tight ends who can block, pass, do everything. Jaheim Bell, who can run the ball to receivers who can win in all sorts of ways and you know, even though the running attack has been frustrating so far, we know how talented they are. You have all these things at your disposal. It's just, you know, what answers are you going to create? Um, so I, I really want to see what offensive wrinkles Mike Norvell has in this game, because to me, this is the game to bring out the wrinkles and to start innovating. Yeah, I um, I mean, and I do want to point out all all teams, all all programs that win titles have games like this yep. right and and it's a classic look ahead game i mean it used to be even before nick saban alabama this is just what always teams did before they look ahead game before a big game uh or you lose a game like alabama did at texas and you look like crap against usf the week after those are just classic <laughs> they, they've been those those types of games have been around the game forever so let down game look ahead game the trap right game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it could be that just they weren't focused as the defense, especially. Uh good defenses typically make that Clemson offense look like what you know we've been talking about. Um, you know, and FAU and Charleston Southern really don't have the talent to do that, right? So I think there's it's not just Florida State, what are they gonna look like, but it's also Clemson, right? What is Clemson actually gonna look like? What is the real Clemson? The one for the last six quarters? Because I'd argue it's probably not, right? It's probably what more closer to what they were against Duke. And Duke played a ton of man in that game. They did not respect Clemson's receivers, and they played man at Duke and won a lot of those matchups, right? And and Clemson's offense looked terrible. So I, I would almost certain that Fuller would do the exact same thing. But are Florida State's defensive backs up to the task, right? I don't think Clemson's receivers are anything special. Uh, but again, Boston College wasn't. Do they care more? Are they going to put in more effort? I, I would hope so. Right, because Brian's right. This is their entire season. Uh, so Clemson has there's to a have lot. Clemson especially yeah. has to have this one. Right, and and they're at home. And I think if Florida State was at home, they'd be favored by a touchdown or something like that. But it, you know, it's on the road. It is what it is. It's just like 2013 team. You got to go in there to and beat that team, right? In order to to say that now we're top dogs. We're gonna, it's going to be ours. So um, I think this team is more than capable of it. I think we could see them play more like. LSU or the the second half of the Southern Miss game, um, I we're just gonna have to see. I, I, they're absolutely capable of it. I agree with Brian. This is this is a legit top five team. They are not the 2013 team. They're not that good. 
but they are a really good team, more like 2012 or 2014, right? They got 20 or 30 minutes a game where nobody can touch what you can put on the field, especially in that passing game on offense. But is that enough? It's enough to beat most teams on the schedule. Is it enough to beat Clemson? I don't know. We're going to find out. You've just got to raise the floor. You have to rate. You have the ceiling of a title team. You have to raise your floor to a team that's better than Boston College, right? Because like, we yeah. haven't seen. Right. Well, sorry, we haven't seen them put together sixty minutes a solid football game. They've done it for twenty or thirty minutes. Or in the yep. case of Boston College, you did it for forty-one and a half minutes. But the last eighteen and a half, you didn't. Right. So you got well, even it. even game one, you were you were beat up pretty good for the first twenty. But you were able to limit it by uh, fourth down stops, fourth and goal stops, turnover on downs again, and, and then you were able to spin it around. I mean, even if LSU just decides we're going to kick field goals, it still wasn't going to be enough. I mean, you were a legitimate team. It's just in those 20 minutes where you maybe don't have it, which is fine. Every title team has it. I mean, right. Georgia looked terrible last week for the first half of the game, and they came out and beat the hell out of South Carolina in the second half. No one has a question if that's a title contender. They are. You're allowed to play bad for 30 minutes. It happens. Right. You just can't and play that bad. I think when you talk about these big, big game, you know, like national or playoff implication type games, like this one absolutely is. Uh, I think it's always about scoring touchdowns and not kicking field goals, right? And so one thing I do think is in Florida State's favor is against LSU, uh, their red zone success rate was 56% or 78th percentile in the country. And against Boston College, it was 58% or 80th percentile in the country. So if, if Florida State can get into the red zone against Clemson, I like their chances to actually put you know big-time points on the board because that's always been you – know, you see that every time. Oh, they always just kick a field goal against Clemson, right? They can't score or put it in the end zone. Kick a field goal, kick a field goal, and then you end up losing by like six. Right, so we've seen that happen in dozens of games with Clemson over the last three seasons, not just with FSU. Uh, it's the same thing with other big programs, Ohio State, Alabama, and stuff. Too many, you know, programs can't punch in. They don't go far and forth. They settle for the field goal, and they end up losing the game, uh, and that ends up being the difference. So I think Florida State, you have to go for the kill here. You have to score touchdowns, put the ball in the end zone. Uh, they have been good at that. Um, again, I do think the mistakes against Boston College by Trey Benson and Lawrence Toafili were huge mistakes by normally reliable football players who don't typically make those kinds of mistakes. And so I think there's a little bit of weirdness to that Boston college game. Um, it, you know, again, overall, they, they stomped Southern miss and they beat the crap out of LSU. That is probably more likely this real FSU team. So I, I get, I think that the last 18 minutes against Boston college was a little bit weird, a little bit fluky. That's what I'm going to go with. Um, I do know it does give me a little bit more trepidation about this game, but I do like FSU's chances. And, and I mean, really, you know, I, I know you're trying to describe the word I think you're trying to get to is they're unlucky. You know, they were just straight up unlucky in some of those situations where normal, normally you, you just don't expect those things to compound like they did against Boston college in those last 18, 20 minutes of the game. Um, so I, I think, you know, with this team against Clemson, you, you know, they'll have stretches where they aren't great. They'll have stretches, like you guys have mentioned, you know, where they look like a number one, two or three team in the country. Um, but but I think for Clemson in particular, it's going to be when does that happen? Um, and, and exactly how does that all go down? Do you take advantage of Clemson turning the ball over? Does Clemson take advantage of you turning the ball over or making a mistake? Um, so I, I think that's the thing heading into this game is, is you know, those things are going to happen. And it's a matter of when and situationally, how do you respond? Right. And and I think another important thing is it, it may be a big deal to get up early early on Clemson, right? Like all we really have is a very small sample size for Clemson, uh, you know, mainly the Duke game. They did not look, especially when they're challenged, right? By, by good quality defensive backs and a secondary, they don't look like a team that's built to come from behind. Right. So if FSU, FSU could jump on them 14 to three, something like that, really get Kate club to press. I think you can get him in, into some mistakes. Um, so I, I don't know. I just, I think Florida state is the better team, um, but it's just, can they put together, how, how, out of 60 minutes, how much quality football can they put on the field, right? Is it 20 minutes? Is it 45? Right? I think that's the difference in the game. Exactly. And when does Clemson make their mistakes? And 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 how does that all line up with when Florida State is rolling? You know, that's, that's going to be the key to this game. So let's do it. Um, ben, I'll go to you first. What's your score? What's your, what's your prediction here on, on FSU at Clemson 
It is a noon kick on ABC. If you were curious, there's your promo ESPN. You're welcome. I guess I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take Florida state winning 30 to 20. Um, I, I think Clemson, I think Florida state will actually, it's funny. John mentioned that I think Florida state will get out early by two scores or three scores um, in, in the first half. I, I think Clemson will claw back a little bit and just make some crucial errors, you know, and, and kind of, let down some of those moments. Um, so yeah, I think this game all comes down to turnovers. I think we'll see Florida State have one maybe, but I think as the game gets going and and there's more and more pressure on Clemson to deliver, that uh, they're just going to slip up. I will I go see. Yeah. This is funny because I I see two equally likely possibilities. Both are going to drive me crazy. Well, one is one is FSU wins big. They win big like they did against LSU. That's the team that shows up. They stomp the Tigers again and they win something like 45 to 20 yeah i don't know four or something like that right the other and the one i'm actually going to go with is it ends up being close uh we see some version of that team and also the little bit of what happened against boston college at the end i'm going to go 33 31 florida state i i think it will end up being close uh because clemson is at home um and and, and for some of the things that we talked about i i, I would agree with uh, ben, that Duke is a worse matchup for Florida State than Clemson is. But I, I do think Clemson is, again, the toughest uh, team left on the schedule. I, I think FSU could be a little tight coming in because of how much is riding on this game. I mean, you've lost how many six, seven games in a row to Clemson? They've owned this conference basically since 2014, 2015. So, um, or not 2014, you know what I'm saying, since that team. But now's the time, right? And you got everything that's right there. Your team is good enough. You can absolutely stomp them right all the way up to an ACC title and a playoff spot. It's all there. You have to go out and get it. How much do you want it, right? That's what Norvell always talks about. How do you prepare for that? What do you really want? Um, so I, I do think FSU wins this game, but I, I have to, after what we saw against Boston College, kind of lean toward it being close. But if FSU wins big, it would not surprise me. John, I think you're kind of on it. Um, I'm going to go lower. Scoring, though, I'm going to go, I think, 20 to 21. Florida State wins. I, um, I, I, I'm I seeing the possibility of, of, of pace, basically maybe some rain. We're, we're more than a week out, so we'll see what that ends up looking like. I, I would be slightly concerned there. Um, but I do not like the potential issues that the Clemson defensive front can present for Florida State. I believe they're unique in that. And I think the Duke game ended up in a blowout because of a lot of fluky bleep um, that happened to Clemson at the goal line. I think they fumbled three times at the goal line. One of them run back forever. And it's like, even if you turn those into three field goals, it's not... It's not as ugly as it was, and, and it was a lot uglier than I think it really should have been. Uh, Clemson at home, I think, is a great point. Still think Florida State's a better team. I really do, um, but I do have concerns on specific matchups, and I really hope this offense was holding themselves back to some degree. The one concern I have there is when you got the ball twice, only up by two against Boston College on the road, I would have liked to have seen it. Um, because the only reason you didn't give them the ball back three times to beat you was because they grabbed your face mask. Because otherwise they'd have had three chances to beat you, or two chances to beat you, whatever it was. You had two chances to put it away, and and you got gifted the opportunity to put it away. Um, I would think if you really had something just kind of hidden in your back pocket, there might have been a good chance to use it. Um, or at least line up and do it. I'm hoping the O-line is healthier. But I do think Florida State's a better team. And I, I do think there is the possibility of Florida State blowing out Clemson. I still don't see the opportunity for Clemson to blow out Florida State. I don't believe in Klubnik. I don't believe in their receivers. All I could see is if they lined up and really ran it well and threw decently off play action. But I still feel like this is a Florida State game to lose. Impressive we ended up here. Yes. What? As quickly as we did, right? Three years ago, they won three games. I mean, last year we were talking about if they make a bowl game as a huge win. <laughs> um, one quick note next week for a programming note. 
Uh, game's at noon on Saturday, and so we are going to take that opportunity to record on Saturday and get you that podcast as soon as possible. Obviously, it's the bye week the week after, um, so we can worry about the rest of that later, but uh, you'll almost get an instant reaction. I don't know if we, we haven't really decided a time to get together yet, but we will uh, group up probably shortly thereafter the game and try and get something uploaded as quickly as we can. Maybe Saturday night, maybe sun, no later than Sunday morning, I'd imagine. Um, so you guys have that quick reaction turnaround from the game and, and can get on that. So if you're looking for it, you know, be ready for it late next week, um, right after the games or early next, early, early than usual next week. So Saturday, Sunday, morning at the latest so keep an eye out for that hopefully some bonus coverage for you this week and as always got the sharp and the point podcast on friday we'll have some injury notes and news if they have that plus uh obviously on this dfs slate this game will be a big one so we'll have some more in-depth matchup discussion there as well so go ahead and give that a listen if you haven't already any final thoughts before we close out seeing none i'll go ahead and call it for brian ben and john that's a wrap